I am Liz Wright. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. The only thing that matters now is living by the power of this wonderful new creation life. We're going to become an undefeatable force of radiating glory, and we are rising up strong now in this hour. Hi, family. Thank you for joining into this, what's going to be an amazing conversation in this episode of Live Your Best Life, of course, with me, Liz Wright. And I have joining me today, one of my favorite people in the whole world, who uh, we're going to have another very powerful conversation. Um, And I know that, you know, if you can just let this next 30 minutes of your life be you time and listen to Holy Spirit, what Holy Spirit is going to say to you as my friend speaks from the profound experience that he has. He is a television presenter and producer and international prophet, international bestselling author, mentor, to millions around the world now. So it's just a joy. I'm so excited to welcome into the conversation with me today, Sean Bowles. Sean, welcome. Well, you're one of my favorite people too. So I love to be in the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's just a joy to have you, honestly. I love. So I want to do a deep dive because honestly, Sean, when you spoke on our international mentoring community and you talked about reverse engineering, And looking, let me just look, I wrote down what you said. You said you were teaching about reverse engineering, looking at our wins in life to help us understand the unique way that God talks to each one of us. And it was the most, was one of the most important teachings I've heard, Mm. honestly, because it validates all of us. It gives us keys and it validates all of us and shows that we all actually do hear God. So can we start there? Will you just impact for people that maybe have not heard you speak about this? What do you mean by reverse engineering? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a very common concept that people no. think of in the context of hearing God. But I think when you look at relationships, period, you're looking for when you want to build forward. Uh, if you're in therapy, if you're going through something with somebody, you're looking for those, what are the wins and what are the things that you do have that are strengths and what are the things that you do connect on? Well, taking that kind of principle, and bring it into our relationship with God, not just to overcome something, but to understand how God relates to us has been something I've done for a number of years, because I grew up in the charismatic Pentecostal world where everything was a vision or an audible word. Someone heard from God or had a Christophany where Jesus appeared to him. And I just wasn't like that. I mean, I have had some now profound encounters, but I wasn't like that. So I was discouraged at sometimes because, you know, they would have these prophetic personas if they had this kind of gifting and it was but it wasn't like practical for everyday use. So a lot of times people could tell you every angel that's around everywhere, but they didn't see the transformation of the world and, or in themselves, like they were still the same person. So I was really hungry to see how God could take everyday Christians, everyday lives and change us, transform us, speak to us, connect to us. And through the years, I've done this exercise with people that I didn't really have language for. I would just, now I, I use the word reverse engineering, where I would just say, tell me the last three or four big wins you've had in life. And we're going to just hear the story for the next hour or two. I'm just going to hear your story. And they would tell me like these incredible wins. And I'd be like, where was God? How did you get there? What were the choices you made with God to where this became so impactful? Like, and sometimes they would say, he just blessed me. I don't know how to explain it. And I'd say, no, we have to explain it because how we explain it actually informs how you're going to hear from God again and how you process with God internally and spiritually. And I, you know, I established through my ministry worldwide, I've told people the number one way that we hear from God is internally because the God of all the universe who doesn't fit in time and space fits inside of us somehow. He's calls us his temple. 
and is processing with us. And there's all kinds of scriptures about that. I use first Corinthians two as my favorite for the Holy spirit searching the deepest, most innermost perceptions and thoughts of the father. And then we're letting us and that we have the mind or the perceptions of Christ through the Holy spirit, which means we're internally processing with God all the time. And that means that when we look at, you know, uh, well, I was using an example. I was talking to a chef the other day. He's a, a world-renowned chef, and he was saying, I just wish I could hear from God. And one of my goals is to validate people. Like, you're a Christian. You have this incredible career. How did you get there? Was it all you? Was it all your education? Was it all your? Was it all the networking you did? Or where did God show up? And he starts laughing, and he goes, no, I mean, like, God, like, totally gave me the opportunity. I said, how? I don't know. It just came. No, 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 how? Let's let's go through was the first time as a chef when you decided to become a chef? How did you know you wanted to be a chef? And once we started going through it and asking those big questions, there was a lot of things that were no longer question marks in him where he's like, actually, I knew that God had put in me even before I knew God that I was supposed to cook food, that I had a gift of food. Well, how did you know that? It was in me from the time I cooked with my grandma. So really the first time God opened you up was to your grandma. Was she a believer or not a believer? She was a real believer. And she and something happened when I interact with her where I could feel like where other people worship in music, I could feel worship when I cooked with her. Okay, so now you have a lot of language we're dealing with because it's, it's informing how you hear from God. So we've just went through literally just the patterns of life of how God speaks to him or how God showed up or how he discovered or how he became or how he formed identity. And we put God in the equation and we talked about his internal process in the equation. And by the time we were done, he was so informed of how he heard from God that he was like, I just can't believe I never saw this before. And it was just that much of a moment for him. And I feel like I do this with people on accident all the time, but I know I'm doing it more intentionally. Yeah. It's honestly, it's so profound. It really is. I mean, obviously so many of our IMC family members, their lives were changed. Just listening to the keys that you provided for us and the stories you told. There was another one I'd love you to share with, with the family watching the story that you shared about your friend that you spoke to and his wife. Do you remember that story where she had married. Keep yeah. going because my, I'm I'm I'm, so <laughs> I'm many. deeply in ministry right now. Like the, the, the week has been many stories. So keep going. I know I'm I was one of the hundreds and hundreds of stories. I was so Which is beautiful. But yeah, I'm like I'm like I'm so moved by so many of the stories I've been witnessed in my life or that I've been a part of. But what? So his wife was. It was. What? It was where they. <laughs> sorry. It was where where he gave his son and daughter-in-law their oh, yeah, of course. A house. I wrote this oh in, in my book and love, uh, uh, love through the eyes of love. Yeah, yeah. this was, this was a profound one because I've known them for a long time. Uh, they're a business couple and he's the businessman and she's like the intercessor next to him type thing, but she's also helped to drive his career because he's a, he's a, their owners. So, um, but she's been more of like the ministry minded person and he's always helped support churches and ministries. And so we're, we're at a meeting one time. And at this point we weren't, we were acquaintances. We saw each other through the years quite a few times. I even stayed on a trip one time at their house, but we hadn't like spent as deeply connected time, you know, together. And he goes, you know, he was telling me about something. He's like, I wish I could hear from God like you. My wife's the prophetic one. And I go, I'm offended by that joking around, you know, like I'm offended. Mm -hmm. I said, you are prophetic. You are so profoundly prophetic. You so hear from God so clearly. And he goes, no, I don't. And I said, so how many sometimes you've heard from God? And he, I, they were big moments. They were only big moments. He didn't have any little moments. And I said, okay, let's do this differently. And this is where that language reverse engineering came the very first time. It's just mm -hmm. a couple. So I'm glad you brought up the story. 
I said, tell me the last big event that was the biggest win of your life in your family. So he's a bit multimillionaire businessman. And I didn't ask him the big win about business. I asked him a big win about family. He said, well, my son, who was in an Ivy League program, um, took a year off of school to go into missions because he felt like he needed to be more grounded in a spiritual life. And so he took a year off and uh, it was a perfect time to do it. And he met his now wife, where she, who was also taking a year off from her education, but she was from uh, a developing nation. She was, no one in her family had ever owned a home. She was like a gypsy vagabond, wanted to travel the world, just dealing with like helping in human trafficking and world hunger and that kind of thing. But um, wanted to, never wanted to live in one place for any given period of time. But she's also very, I mean, she sounds like a gypsy, but she's also very administrative, very responsible. I mean, just a great leader. So he he meets her on this this mission field. They decide to get married and his wife and him were like, they're never going to be around us again because she's going to take them all over the world. We love her, but we'll never see them again. So they they were like, let's give them money for an inheritance, advance inheritance to buy a dream home so that they'll nest around us. And then they'll stay around us because they'll have children and babies and whatever, you know. And so I start laughing he goes, and it worked. It worked. And I said, what happened? He goes, well, in the first you know, a couple of years of their marriage, they had three kids and she changed her job to be a stay at home mom job, but with a career, she's still a kick butt leader, but with a career, but, but she's doing it from a different way. She's not traveling around the world doing it. She's not doing assessments for the United Nations. She's at home. And I was like, Oh, that's amazing. And he was like, God, and they just are so part of our family. We have family nights every Friday nights. He's just telling me like their, their life now. Mm-hmm. I said, so how did you make that decision to give that money? And he said, well, we just thought it'd be a good idea. And I said, no, 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 let's go deeper than that where were you when you made a decision with your wife? Were you at dinner? Were you in bed? Were you, you know, at a church meeting? Where were you? He goes, actually, what's funny is we have this room. If you go in our house to the left, there's a prayer room and we go in there where we would make big decisions and we pray together. I said, so you prayed and a decision that cut off generational patterns and changed them to the one to nest by you happened in your prayer room and you're not giving God the credit. And I start laughing. I said, wow, you're a real good hero of that story. And he, I was just joking. I was playing with him, you know? <laughs> And he's laughing and he goes, you're right. Okay. So I was in the prayer room and I said, did the idea come to you or your wife? He goes, it came to me. And I said, how did it come? He goes, it was like a downloaded thought. It just came. It was just so real in me that if we give them money, they'll stay. So was that your thought or was that God's thought? That was definitely not my thought. You're right. I would have never thought that in a million years. I never want to give them their inheritance early. I don't trust them with their inheritance early. I'm, they're still so young, you know? I said, so how were your other kids when you decided to give them the money? He goes, well, the, what's spectacular about this is they totally agreed. And they normally there's some competition between them. They totally agreed. So I said, so you being able to do this, there's so many elements of God in this all the way around the family. So when you gave them the money, what, how did you do it? How did you present it to them? And they said, well, we said, we prayed and we felt we were supposed to do this. I said, so you did feel, and you even use that language, but there's something that's contradicted in your heart where you haven't been able to see this as fully God. What is it? And he goes, well, God didn't speak to me. And I said, so not in the way you were anticipating. Hmm. So do you see other areas? Give me another win. Where else did, do you have this operation inside of me? He goes, well, actually it was over a business deal several weeks before that. I can remember a business deal that was about to fall through. And I knew I was supposed to call one of the, these people involved in the deal at the exact right time. I knew call them right now and just explain your heart about the matter. And I knew I'd win them. I said, how did you know? And he goes, I just had good instinct. And I said, no, you're giving yourself the credit again. And you won't learn how to hear from God. How did you know? Well, I was praying that day. I was praying that season over the steel. And I was praying, God, show me. And I said, so because it wasn't the prayer meeting that he showed you, it was later on in the day when you were having a conversation that led you into calling them. You didn't recognize it as God. 
just as much God then as if it was right after the prayer time. Right. And so he's like, Oh my gosh, I had these, I, this happens all the time. And I said, exactly. Wow. And wow. he's never doubted again. He's never thought he's never looked back again, but now his eyes are open and he yeah. realizes I never typically hear God in a prayer meeting. I hear God when there's a lot of action and there's decisions to be made and whatever. And wisdom pops up into me. That's not my normal wisdom. And I go, now I say that's God. And I press into it and I make it fully and I commit the wisdom to God in the decision before I stumbled into it. Oh my gosh. So he actually, you helped him discover his own relationship. And like, yeah. I heard, I, well, I, I heard you say, you use the phrase, um, God's voice was tucked inside his instinct or something, yeah, something like that. And I just thought, yeah. oh, that's profound. Well, and we don't, yeah. as Christians, we don't like to trust our instinct or our intuition because mm -hmm. we feel like that's new agey terms. Those are actually human terms that actually deal with psychology, but also spirituality that isn't just new age or occult or whatever are another word for instinct or intuition is discernment. And it's one of the gifts of the Holy spirit. And we're yeah. born as a Christian discerning, Oh, this is good. Oh, this is bad. And we use our discernment, which is part of how God talks to us all the time. And discernment is typically just a conversation started with God. It's like, Ooh, that's good. Then you should say, why is it good? And what do I do with it? But not all Christians go that far. So, but business people, a lot of times have incredible instinct and even sometimes it's after the fact when they had a fallen uh, a project fall through or something didn't happen for them and they can actually make a better decision because they've seen the pattern, but they're not recognizing that seeing that is a spiritual thing. Yeah. And so if we can start to see these things as spiritual things and the ways that God operates inside of us, we can, yeah. again, it informs how we're going to make different decisions in the future, but it also informs yeah. how we can recognize we're listening to God and celebrate it and have a deeper connection to him because of it. Yeah. And you get fresh divine perspective regarding your life. Absolutely. don't you? you see God in the detail. Okay. So for people who would, I know everybody listening is going, oh, I want to do this now. <laughs> so can you, can you give us like bullet points? Like the, yeah. when you take someone through the process, what are the keys? What are the main keys? Obviously I'm gonna give you, for the wins. Oh yeah. Cause it would take a little bit longer to do it as far as for real, for real, but I'll just give you sure, the keys, sure. which is I usually ask people tell me, you know, a big win in your family life or relational life a big win in your career life and a big win in your, like your spiritual participation with a church or ministry or something life. Cause we all typically have one of the two or three of those wins, you know, you may not have them all, but you have two or three of those wins. And so tell me the win just, just by phrase, like um, my marriage is my win. Like I, I wouldn't have ever had this good of a marriage if it wasn't for God. Cause I come from whatever broken marriage, whatever the people say something like that, or my, um, you know, my career was my win because I would have never been in this career. I would have been like an engineer, but I'm in this instead. I've had people tell me that lots of times where they're like, I'm in a career. I wouldn't have chosen this direction of it, but God was there. It's a win. And I've heard people say like, I, I, I belong to the dream church. I love my church, you know, and which is a win. And so, um, if you could say one of those things about whatever it is, then we would ask the question of like, how did you get there? So tell me when it first started. The origin story is really important. So when it first started and then start to spiritualize the language, take yourself out of it where it's like, you know, for me with my wife, I met her at a ministry trip. That was very normal for me in Phoenix, Arizona. And she and two other girls came and I ended up praying for them. For her, it was a very profound moment because she heard from God about some things. For me, it was just another person on a ministry trip that I had the opportunity to love. But then, but I knew it's, she was a special person. Like I really felt drawn to her. I was invited her to her church to speak. And I can look back now and see the chemistry that we had. She was that conference coordinator. So she was a hospitality director and the whole thing. So she had to be around me a lot. And I had chemistry with her for sure. And I was like, something's going on. Like that, this has never happened in a green room before. Like where I'm like, oh, I'm drawn to you. Then mm -hmm. 
she came down to visit her best friend in LA and I was more drawn to her. And then as soon as she moved to LA, I could now see, but I didn't know at the time. So at the time I didn't know I was being led. I just thought it was full chemistry. Um, but now I can see like, cause I didn't hear from God here, mm. but now I can see how he used my drive and desires that he had never used before and put me in a gear I'd never been put in before towards her. Mm. That was such a gift where I immediately trusted that I, this is a person worthy for me to pursue and that, and, and I can trust her with my heart. And so like, for me, that's huge because I, if you ask if it was someone counseling me about it, I would have said that that was a huge indicator for me because I never had that before ever. Yeah. I mean, I was always yeah. very single and satisfied with God. And all of a sudden my heart was open towards somebody and it wasn't just like open because of attraction, but I thought it was at first. But then when I look back and reverse engineer, I'm like, you opened my heart to her in these moments where I just, we had these visits and just as far as friendship chemistry and getting to know her and just loving her the way she operates in life, that by the time it was time for me to pursue her, when you moved her to LA, I immediately called my best friend. He's like, or he called me and told me, um, hey, this this girl from Vegas is moving in with us for a while until her and her friend get an apartment together. You know her and her name's Cherie. And I was like, oh, I'll be right over. He lived 15 minutes away. And I'm like, I'll be right over. He's like, why? I'm going to come over and say hi to her the day off. I'm going to come say hi to her. I know she doesn't have plans because she just moved here. So I'm going to come over and say hi to her. And he's like, what's going on? Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, and I didn't know what was going on, but I knew like inside, like, like if I reverse engineered that again to where, how we're married now, how God led us into it. I can look at how he opened my heart. He gave me a drive and a desire. He showed me who she was. He, he brought out questions and connection points that I've never had with a woman before when we were talking. So, you know, those kinds of things are huge. So when you write those down and you make lists of like, I'm going to look for the spiritual side of the story over this when you start to look, you, you get profoundly impacted by what you say to yourself. Yeah. You're like, wow, that is spiritual. Wow. Yeah. That moment. And I do this with, again, business guys and politicians and entertainers all the time where I'm like, no, you've radically heard from God. Yeah. But you don't see it. The disciples hated how Jesus spoke in parables. They were like, why do you speak in parables? It's so confusing. And in Matthew 13, 13, he says, I, if I told you what was in my heart, you would just stare until you're blue in the face and not really do it or do anything with it. But if I tell you parables, it creates insight, receptive insight inside of you that changes your internal culture and mm. allows you to really see me. So I mm. feel like a lot of the ways God speaks to us isn't very direct because then we would just become performers. We yeah. just perform for God, but he speaks to us in ways that are internal and deep and takes some time to process, but most yeah. of us don't look at it. So if you, you know, you could also look at not just the wins of great breakthroughs in life, but also the wins when you overcame something, mm -hmm. when you, when you broke through something where you're not the same person anymore. I mean, there's so many areas I don't recognize myself at 20 anymore. Like I can't, I, not just because I've changed so much, I've grown so much as a human, but because the opportunity to grow through God. And set my identity in them. And even the way that I use the scripture, the way I hear from God, or the way that I'm, you know, doing my life and my career and everything else, I don't recognize my 20-year-old self because I didn't want any of this when I was 20, because I didn't know who I was or who God was in a real way when I was 20. And mm -hmm. now I look back at how God's you could do that and say, okay, when's the last time in my life I don't recognize myself? What are the choices I made to become the version of myself I am today? And in those choices that I made, where was God? And it's yeah. beautiful because you start to define to yourself like, you know, oh, wow, I made that choice. I went there. I, I became part of that community and I met that person who helped mentor me or I, or I went to that educational program. I never thought I knew that. Or I went to therapy for the first time or whatever it is. And you start to see those choices you made, but you start to realize 
but my parents never went to therapy. Why did I go to therapy? It wasn't a cool thing to do, but oh, wow, you really led me there. And it actually was a catalyst to growth. And I know myself more now through you because I took that journey. You, you initiated that. You're an initiator, God. And you start to use different language with how God is in you that you wouldn't have used if you didn't have that. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and it obviously, it helps you understand that your whole life is actually first and foremost a relationship. Absolutely. with God right Absolutely. It's, and it and it and the journey it, it encourages you to keep connected to keep talking to understand his language to us you yeah. know and, and that's what I find so profound about it oh I, I could there's so many things I wanted to share then I was like when you were talking I was remembering <laughs> I was thinking oh yeah like when I met Wes so clearly God you know Jesus crashed in on my life, completely rudely interrupted me and did, you know, and I look back and I can see him in the detail. Like even Absolutely. obviously I was living in LA and part of what we were doing over there with Expression 58 at the yeah. time. And, and then how he led me in the timing and you know, I had no idea. I was super happy, single girly flying yeah. with Jesus, you know, and then suddenly boom, like the Lord, the Lord goes, I know best for you. <laughs> okay, and see how you tell the story too. Like we just camped on your story. It would be absolutely profound because you've known how to recognize God in the story. A lot of people come to me and they say they're afraid to do this because they're afraid they won't find God. They're afraid they won't hear God. They're afraid they won't, that he wasn't as involved as he was. But then as as soon as we ask questions like, okay, so you had the win, you had the breakthrough, whatever it was, you can't find God in it yet, but you, you had this incredible thing that happened to you where again, the origin story, where did it start? What's the decision you made towards it? What's a changed version of yourself that you could see was ready for that, that wouldn't have been ready 10 years before, three years before and asking those questions. And eventually they go, there he is. Oh my gosh. He was everywhere in this. His fingerprints are all over my life. And that's the part that's so special. Cause I feel like if you don't live without awareness, you don't feel the intimacy of God. You don't feel the connection mm-hmm. of God. And so a lot of times people use the the gifts of the Holy spirit for just doing things for God. Like, I guess I'll go on a prayer team and prophesy where people that is not the ultimate origin or source for why prophecy is given. It's given so we can know him and walk with him. Prophetic words are awesome though. But I mean, it's like, that's not, not everybody's going to get prophetic words on a prayer team all the time, but we all can walk with God in our life and encourage others with how God's moving in our life and help others faith increase because of what God's doing with us, including our faith increases when we have authority to see how God moves in our life. Yeah, I love that, Sean. And I love something else that you were sharing with me where you were talking about how, you know, you've got to a point in your life where you you position yourself, you protect the connection with Holy Spirit and you position yourself for continual encounter and experience with the Lord. Um, and the priority for you is not your list of urgent needs to be answered, uh-huh. but actually you sit there and say to the Lord, what is on your heart? You know, the relationship, what's in the Lord's heart is the priority for you. And so will you share that a little bit more? <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> it excuse might be me, a heretic little... to some people. You know, you... Like some people are going to be like, how could you do that? But I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, when you see Jesus, I mean, I saw, I saw him. So I did have a Christophany where I saw Jesus before mm-hmm. the throne and he knew everything and he knew how to pray and he knew how to communicate to the father. And it'd be like being with somebody who you think you have relationships with their parent, and then you watch how they interact with them. And you're like, maybe you work for somebody who is amazing, but then you see how their kids interact with them. And you're like, oh, I don't have that much relationship with them compared to that. I mean, that's like, that's nothing. When I saw Jesus care 
and never look away from injustice, never look away from hardship, never look away from what's going on in our lives and carry it before the throne and never get exhausted with it. I realized my second commandment prayer list, just devotional list of like, help Aunt Marie and help me, you know, whatever is important, but mm-hmm. he's already praying it. So he doesn't need me to pray those things. It's a good exercise to pray and connect our hearts to the needs of people in our lives and the needs of things that are going on in the world. But we don't need to start there. Where we should always start is, good morning, God, here I am. You know, and we yeah. should go to bed. What's in your heart, God? Is there anything you want me to see throughout my day? where that would help me relate to you and serve you better and connect to your heart more. And I feel like when people aren't asking questions or relational connected questions, then we do things out of religion and acts of service. And I've had to pray for people and break off like a religious Holy spirit where they hear words to do duties and they are so they can't separate what's in God's heart from doing the next mission for God. And these are great people. And so like, we have to come out of the performance of it and come into I get to be with you. I get to know what's in your heart. You're going to take me on journeys and tell me about things that take me way off course of praying for my aunt Joanne. And I love my aunt Joanne, but you're going to take me on things that you're praying for my aunt Joanne. You care about my aunt Joanne. You care about her more than I ever could. So you might take me, even though she might be in crisis in her health, you're going to take me over here and, and releasing the burden, cast my cares upon you. And you're going to allow me to come over here and share something that's in your heart intimately and specially right now that we'll move something else forward or do something else. And when you position yourself to say, what's in your thoughts, what's in your heart, I'm not coming with my agenda. I'm coming for your agenda. You make decisions in life that get you places that you would have never gone based on yeah. where, you know, and I think devotional prayer is always a great exercise. It's great to have those responsibilities laid out in our life of reading the Bible and praying for people and those kinds of things are, but they can't substitute the number one, which is first love, which yeah. is I'm here for you. And you're here for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. And we're ultimately here to reveal him, to reveal the Absolutely. God that we know, to love him. It's all about relationship, isn't it? In the end, I've realized that it's about relationship with God and, re- and getting to know him, which is ever unfolding and deepening and relationship with each other and coming forth as an expression of him doing all for the glory of God, right? Yeah. To reveal him in everything and enjoy the journey and have Having divine perspective, I found, as I know you know, is it changes everything, doesn't it? It's it, your heart is undergirded. You feel secure. You you can rest because you know He's got our backs. He is Absolutely. He is truly working all things together for good for us and the world at large. Even though it looks a big mess right now, you know, when you get up high and you go deep into His heart, you can see redemptively. Absolutely. So, well, I think, you know, like when you're around people who also have a connection to God this way, it multiplies yeah. yours. Yeah. And so it's like, it's, we, we don't become independent. Like I know people who think they have an intimacy with God, but then they separate from the world and they're actually bitter and they're hiding in a prayer life. that's not actually connected prayer. It's not relational prayer. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've met intercessors who don't have healthy relationships or healthy marriage or healthy family. And so they're hiding in performance prayer because it, anything we do that is performance feels good because you're going to accumulate on that performance, whether you're an athlete or whether you're a career person or whether you're a minister. And so we, you know, when you're around somebody though, who knows Jesus and they know themselves and they just, they may not be as spiritual looking at some of the people that are sometimes good at appearing spiritual, but they have that connectedness. It actually causes you when they tell their stories to see yourself and how God moves and works in you as well. And so I like, I love listening to you because when you tell your stories, I see myself not in a weird way, but because God operates in you totally differently, but it gives me a vision 
for what God can do in my life. And it, it multiplies my faith. And so I think it's really important to surround ourselves and maybe you don't go to a local mm-hmm. church where it's very connected intimacy wise, but it's a good church for your family to be in right now. Find mm-hmm. those things like this community online that actually multiply your faith for this deeper connection because you are responsible. God cannot want it more than you do. You have to want it as much as God wants it for you. And no one, like a lot of us want to mentor because we think somebody will, will put this inside of us, but they won't. This is that place in God that you have to get yourself, which is I have to surrender my agenda, my will, my desire for connection for you, God. And it's an exchange and no one can do that for you. Yeah, it's the truth. It's the truth. There's one final thing. I just wanted to um, ask your perspective very quickly. We've only got a couple of minutes left, but when you obviously are, you know, you are after the Lord's heart. I mean, I know that, you know, the, the priority of your life is to know him and to, to reveal what's in his heart to other people, to empower us and to frame life up correctly. I think, you know, as a global prophet, you bring that perspective. It's like, okay, these are the dramas that are going on in the world right now, but through heaven's eyes, look at it this way, you know, so we know how, so the prophetic is actually um, being like an architect, you know, we're speaking Mm -hmm. forth the future from God's heart as prophetic people. It's also like a mind. It's a, it's a process, right? So it's like, we have to look at things, whatever's pure, right? Lovely. I have to look at the fact that the Japanese, uh, or I mean, sorry, prime minister from the last regime was murdered yesterday. Mm-hmm. He was assassinated yesterday. And what does that mean for Japan? And he was one of the ones that was trying to get more sympathy, uh, sympathy for the Western world and to create more army and structure in, the, in their countries to not be so passive. So what does that mean for Japan? And so I'm, I'm looking at it, not just going, oh my gosh, it's so scary. Someone got killed in Japan. But I'm looking at it from a spiritual perspective of what are your eyes over a nation? Not everybody has to think about Japan. You can do it for your country. You can do it for your city. You can do it for your family. You can start yeah. there. What are your eyes over this? And how are you processing this, God? What's in your heart? What do you want to do in Japan that the enemy is trying to destroy by taking out this man and how are you going to use it for your good? And so I think like even just asking those big questions, I'm, I I don't know much about Japan. I've been there a few times, but I care. And the fact that I care, God might land his revelation or process on me as I care. And I think that's the big deal. It's like, we have to, like my, my weekly podcast on processing events and world events and celebrity events and these kinds of things trying to process it with a spiritual mind. That's not just biblical worldview, which is important, but also Mm -hmm. what is God saying through this circumstance or what, how can we ground our faith right now? Because otherwise you just hear the full potential of what the enemy wants to do. You hear the full potential of what man's doing wrong. You know, with the world hunger crisis right now, we're going to go into a full world famine, but the first word Agabus or prophetic word ever given after the uh, upper room was Agabus said, there's a famine coming and here's how to prepare. So it was and the apostles understood a strategy to keep people out of the famine. So to keep people famine proof. So as Christians, we always have uh, solutions on the table that not everybody has. And sometimes we bring those solutions as transformation of the world around us. So that's my goal is that the prophetic is a, a way to access God's mind for the now and it's actionable. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliantly said, Sean. Absolutely. And we need to get back into that place, don't we? Through out of our relationship, through the eyes of love and faith, you know, with fresh faith igniting in us, because we can see the Lord in the mm-hmm. detail in our lives and we can see his perspective regarding the situation we're praying about or looking at, you know, that we can actually speak forth a thing and see it established because we're see- we're an overflow in that moment. We're speaking forth a word that's coming straight from him as we love. 
you know, so, oh, yeah. Sean, I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> it's just profound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but we're going to have to stop for now. But thank you. Thank you. That was so powerful. Well, thanks, and, everybody. Yeah. And thank you guys for joining us. I'm sure that was life changing for you. Listen to it over and over and just get these truths into your spirit because they really do transform our lives when we when we apply this kind of wisdom. So thank you for joining us. Have an amazing week and look forward to being with you again next Monday. God bless. Hi, if you really enjoyed today's show and you want to go deeper with Jesus and experience his love and his presence more than you ever have, then I have a present for you, a free gift. If you want to jump over to experiencinggodslove.com and just click on and sign up, then you will receive one of my teaching videos that I have created especially for you that will not only give you a few keys just very, very quickly that you can uh, utilize in your daily walk with the Lord, um, but also I'm going to take you there as well. So it's an activation. So yeah, so jump over to experiencinggodslove.com and you are going to be so blessed. Mm -hmm.